This is episode 88 of the Rising Man podcast with Jamie Schuster. Kuo kukuya. Kukuya kuo. Good rising family. Welcome home. You made it. You're back. You're here. About to get that blast of Rising Man medicine straight to your heart. My guest for today is a living, breathing embodiment of the full spectrum of masculinity. I mean that when I say it. And he came on here dropping some wisdom that you will not want to miss. But speaking of missing out, before we get into all that, I talk a lot about my men's team and the time that I've spent in men's circles over the last 10 years. And literally the best of what I've learned about manhood, masculinity, and becoming the man I want to be has come from that space. What I've realized, and I frequently forget about it to be honest, is that there are still men all over the world who don't have a men's circle, who still don't have a space where they can take off their mask and be seen for who they really are. And since I can't travel the world to start a fire and sit in circle with every one of you, we've created the Rising Man Fire Circles so that that culture and that community can still exist even if we can't meet face to face. Literally, men from different countries, different continents, practicing masculinity together, accountability, mirroring, challenging, sharpening each other so we can be the men we've always wanted to be. The fathers, the brothers, the husbands we know we can be. You only get there by practicing, by getting in the ring with other men, holding high standards of masculinity. So if you're ready to step up and step in, we're waiting for you. Join us by going to patreon.com slash rising man. Click on the $33 a month tier and jump in feet first to the rising man jet stream because we are we've revamped our whole system for how we do this. And it's going to be more potent, more powerful than it's ever been before. So jump on, get started, get involved. We're waiting for you. Don't put off becoming the man you've always wanted to be because it's more comfortable to stay where you're at. All right. My guest for today is my brother. A man by the name of Jamie Schuster. He's born of Maori, Samoan, and Scottish descent. Jamie grew up in a small rural community in the North Island of Aotearoa, which is the Maori word for New Zealand. He has a deep connection to his Maori lineage and has performed at the highest level of traditional performing arts. His purpose and passion is to share his traditional Maori teachings and to use this medium in a modern-day context to help heal and raise the conscious collective. In this amazing conversation that we had right here in my house, in my studio, we talked about honoring culture and having reverence for the beliefs and practices of other peoples, how indigenous peoples honor each other's culture and the practices we could all benefit from implementing. We spoke about eliminating the term toxic masculinity from our vocabulary once and for all, why these trendy terms are creating greater separation and stunting our collective growth as a people instead of actually helping. We talked about harnessing strength for life by enduring challenges at a young age. Jamie shared some of the unique and traditional ways in which he was taught to be a steward of the haka and how his training prepared him for a challenging life. We also talked about learning to channel and direct our masculine energy with command and with purpose. The key to making sure our masculine powers are used for service instead of destruction. And last but not least, overcoming depression and suicide. One man's story of reaching the bottom and finding the light. Without further ado, Jamie Schuster. Rising Man family, I got a special treat because I am not miles and miles away from my guest today. I've got him sitting right here in front of me, two feet away. The man, the myth, the legend from Down Under, 
Jamie Schuster. Oh, <laughs> Fresh off of our Call of the Warrior event, bro. So grateful that you and the fam came out here all the way from New Zealand via Australia. And we've, we've shared a lot of really great moments this week since you've been out here, man. So it's, it's perfect that right before you go back, we get to sit down and drop into this conversation about masculinity and manhood. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And it's really important, really important for me as a man that I come here and the auxiliary things that have happened, like the connections that we're made, mm. we're pretty much family now. There's no doubt oh, yeah. that, that the connections with yourself, your beautiful family. I just can't wait to introduce you to my family and bring I my know. family over and then, yeah, go yeah. from there. Yeah, well, that's, that's the beautiful thing, man, is that we, we can build these relationships mm. very quickly when we give ourselves the time and we, and we come right from our hearts and do things. We, we've shared a lot of ceremonial space this week, you know, really. I mean, the, between visiting the Tongva people, being welcomed into their space and sweat lodge and haka, it's just been a lot of this ceremonial conversation. And mm. for me, ceremony is always just coming from that heart-centered space right away, showing someone who you are right off the bat. Instead yeah. of the small talk, oh, what do you do for a living? And, you know, yeah. where do you come from? Really uh, scratchy, you know. surfy stuff where yeah. we, we, we're straight to the heart. Yeah. yeah. And really, connect, you know, really connecting back to the land. Mm-hmm. I think through there seems to be a common theme through a lot of that cultural sharing uh-huh. that there is a land aspect connection. Mm-hmm. And it really shone through right through to the sweat lodge last night. It's like you're in the womb of Papa Tuanuku or Earth Mother. Mm-hmm. And the Tongva people, huge connections to the land, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where we come from. Yeah, your journey's really been blessed, man, and it's, it's the way that you guys came here, the intention that you came with to connect mm-hmm. with reverence, with integrity, with respect, and mm-hmm. protocols, the way of asking for permission to come to this land. It's, it's completely different than the, a colonial mentality. Which, I mean, that'll take us in a different direction of the conversation, but I just want to spotlight how much yeah. respect that you and Leon and Crystal and Joe have, have come to America with. And every step that you've gone has just been in pure reverence. So for me, that's been a great example. And I think for many people just to see how, how that can look, yeah. and, you know, and most of us don't know that. So we got to learn how to be more respectful and reverent for, for ways like this. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And there's a certain respect that need, I think, is underappreciated for those people that were first here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's stories and there's beautiful stories of tragedy, triumph over adversity. There's yeah. huge stories that arise from being the first people in whatever area. And, and it was really important to us to honour those people mm-hmm. that had gone before. The, mm-hmm. We call them komato or the elders that had passed on, mm-hmm. that they had set the groundwork for the people here today. Mm-hmm. It re- really was important for us, and that's a part of who we are as Maori. Yeah, and and it's and to acknowledge that that part of traveling to another area is really important to us because it really sets the precedence or sets the scene for for our our workshop and mm-hmm. and to flow on under the banner of blessings from the original inhabitants of the area. Yeah, and their elders before as well. Right. So it's really important to us and. As you know, we had a, the Call of the Warriors, a great success. Yeah. And that was just a small part of, of, of adding to the success. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I, I would say it was, a, it was a massive part, and from my perspective, mm. just because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. being one of the facilitators, as soon mm. as we got that blessing, 
and, and this was the night before, right? We finally yeah, yeah, came yeah. together in the in yeah. the last hour. We've been trying mm. to connect with them for months, mm. and we get the call the day before. We the say, okay, before. everything else has to drop. We got to go yeah. do this. Mm. As soon as we were driving away from their house that night, I felt like everything's going to be just fine now because we had that blessing. So from my perspective, it was one of the most, if not yep. most critical things yep. we did. And I understand that mm. a lot of people who are listening to this may not understand when we say protocols or mm. asking for permission from the stewards of land. Yep. But yep. really, it's very simple. It's just we're honoring the fact that we're guests here. Yes. So we yep. just go and say, introduce mm. yourself, where you come from, who your re- relatives mm. were, your aunts, mm. your parents at least, and what your intention is for being here. It's very, yeah. it's very simple it's very and, simple. and very yeah. inviting and welcoming when, when that conversation comes from a place of respect. So Yeah, absolutely, yeah. brother. Yeah. It's like actually someone, I can't remember who, but they did the analogy of how would you feel if someone walked into your house just started helping themselves to the cupboard? Mm-hmm. Not essentially the same, but, you know, that same sort of metaphorically speaking. Yeah. It wouldn't be very nice. So uh-huh. we just, it's, just a, it's just a respect thing and, yeah. and, and it was essential Mm-hmm. It was essential, it was a part of it, but it was a very essential for us. And mm. I think that actually highlights it because mm. that, I think that's the disconnect between mm. indigenous peoples and people who come from more of a colonial background yep. is that we don't see it as an invasion because the colonial mindset is I have my home. If you walk mm. into my home, that's an invasion, right? That that'll yeah. that's that's yeah. grounds for arrest <laughs> yeah, and pressing yeah. charges. Yeah. But indigenous peoples, native peoples, the the land is their home. There you go. Yeah. Right? The, the land, the the trees are mm. their relatives. And so stepping onto the land that they have been keepers of for thousands and thousands of years mm. is exactly like that. It's not a stretch. It's yeah. not a stretch. It's the yeah. exact same thing. It's like mm. you're walking on my land. You're walking in my backyard. You're Sometimes you're walking where my, my ancestors laid prayers or, yeah. or sometimes yeah. where my ancestors have been buried. Exactly. So, yeah. you, I mean, it, that's another good reference because that, mm. that comes up a lot. I was just reading an article about ancestral burial grounds for where they're trying to build them. Um, I think it's pipelines is being compromised. And people, it, I think it's out in, in Hawaii where they're putting up the, the battle right now where they're trying to, I, can't, I should, I should, I, I should I know more about what it is. I think we're talking about Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea, yeah. Mauna Kea, they're yeah. Putting, uh, building a telescopic tower. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 So That's massive. It's huge. Right. Mm. And, and that's the same metaphor. It's mm. it's if, if you know, somebody was just going and, and set up a house right on top of your grandfather's grave. <laughs> it's like, uh, hello. It's like, you know, so mm. I think everybody can relate to that. And it's, mm. it's more important to be having this conversation of education versus yeah. blame. And, and sh- I think there's a shaming element to it as well, yeah, because yeah. It, it's, it feels like such a, a violation to, mm. to native peoples and indigenous peoples I've seen, but to yeah. respond with, you know, anger and, uh, and aggression, it's, it's, it's powerful forces coming against each other versus more yeah. of a gentle education understanding. Yeah. And, and, and particularly let, let's look at from, let's look at it from their perspective as well. Uh-huh. And, and I'm, I'm, it's only my opinion for what it's worth. Heaps, <laughs> but there's a, a land disconnect for many people. Yeah, so they don't have that deep connection to any particular land or anything. So mm. they don't have that appreciation of of the land and the beauty of it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the history of it as well. You know, right. like like you like you spoke of the the sacred sites that they want to demolish, and they just don't understand it. So there's a bit of mm-hmm. education, I reckon, that's that's essential as well mm-hmm. for those people mm-hmm. and a little bit of compassion, you know. 
Yeah. Mm. And, and a willingness to learn. And, and I think yes, that's one of the hardest yes. things for us as adults. I'll say for myself yep. to, to be humble enough to learn mm. as an adult about things that a lot of people learn as children. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of children who learn about respect for the earth when they're, when they're kids. But many of us, myself included, didn't learn that. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't context in my family. It wasn't, mm. you know, I was taught not to litter. <laughs> Not to throw trash on the street, but that was about it. That was my context for taking care of the earth. So there's a lot more possibility in that conversation of being yeah. stewards of the earth. And I think it actually is a good pivot point into this conversation about manhood and masculinity, our role as men to be protectors and providers and stewards of this planet. So let's use that as the pivot point. And I'll ask yep. you the question I ask yep. all of my guests. Yes. What is the difference between a boy and a man? Ooh, it's a really good question. The difference between a boy and a man, a boy is still at a stage where he's developing his power, he's, he's, fight, he's exploring, he's, he's pushing the boundaries of his own sense of power, mm. or sense of belonging, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's, that's not always right, you know, like he, he won't get it right all the time, but that's part of that journey towards manhood. Mm-hmm. So he's, expl- he's an explorer. Mm. A boy is an explorer. He's a learner, even though he doesn't know it. Mm. And he's, he's certainly an adventurer, you know, like he mm. doesn't get things right all the time or makes mistakes. Yep. He makes mistakes. Whereas the flip side of that, a man is a bit more of a learned traveler, learned adventurer. He's made those mistakes. He's been to the dark places that maybe not everyone's been to. But he's learned from those ones, those mistakes, and he's developed a power to hold space, to make people safe, to provide that space, Mm. and protect, protect, Mm. protect those ones that can't protect themselves or or as loved ones, and provide provide that space as well. Mm. So I think the key point for me, the key point is the the learning aspect is. That boy is still learning, developing, growing, where the man has developed has, has got a toolkit that he carries with him. He's got a a big a bigger toolkit than the boy mm. to successfully harness the power that, that that's within. Mm. To p- power to protect. Power power is probably not a Well what kind of power? When you say power, what what are you talking about? Well I'm I'm talking about maybe that the presence, the presence of a, of, a, of a person of the energy the mm-hmm. life force energy of the person that, that person's life force power mm. the power to articulate his thoughts his minds his emotions mm. ah emotions that's a big part to it <laughs> so the power to not control but to recognise his emotional state to pull back when needed to express when needed where the boy is a little a bit more scattergunny he's still finding those emotions he's still tapping into those those, those feelings and emotions. What's there? What, what's there? I'm not feeling. With a mm. with a man, he's he's learnt. He's travelled a little bit further. Mm. Developed a sense of awareness. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like a lot of all of what you said. I think is yep. really really good. And and there's so many different ways we can tap into that. Yep. Going to the boy. You said the yep. adventurer, yep. the explorer. Take still taking things in. Yep. I think that connects great to how we started off this conversation. Yeah. Uh, yep. For those of us who don't have a context for taking care of the land, for being stewards of the planet, and, and mm. being respectful mm. of of peoples and their ways, it's like being in that 
boy mentality, that, that child mentality, we're, we're still exploring, we're still mm. adventuring. And that mm. never goes away. If we're mm. lifelong learners, then the boy has to be alive in us. Because if it's that adventurer, that mm. openness to wisdom, I think the adult mentality kind of, we shut ourselves off to that. Mm. As though there's this, I need to come from a place of knowing yep. to maintain my status as an adult and a contributor mm. to society. So I love this question because it's always the, the dance between boy and man. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of us, I know me, I wanted to get past boyhood as quickly as possible because yeah. I, I, I liked a lot more of what I saw about what it meant to be a man, what I thought it meant to be a man. Yeah. Having, like you said, power, authority, mm. autonomy to direct myself. Yeah. And, for, and, and for probably my entire 20s, I was neglecting and rejecting my boy. Because the boy is what got me in trouble. <laughs> the boy is what got me scolded, reprimanded, mm. you know, getting a talking to from somebody higher up. So I didn't want to be seen as that anymore. Yeah, so I, yeah. I let that go. But it, it, it's such an important mm. quality to maintain. Even the way you guys have, have come here and, and entered into the space, being open to learning and possibility. I would attribute that to that, that childlike curiosity. Yeah, and it's not yeah. a bad thing. Mm. I think there's still somewhere where we categorize that not knowing as a mm. bad thing, but a willingness to learn is essential for, for growth and connection, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that connection and growing uh, and that identifying, sorry, that identification to the inner child, mm. there's fun there. Yeah. There's fun there. And, and bringing that out and all, like we talk about, um, for the beautiful people out there, we've been in America. We have a little laugh that we try and do the American accent and, <laughs> and that inner child playing around with um, words and <laughs> not being so serious all the time. Yeah, stop being so serious because there were some serious moments that required us to be serious. But when it was just us and the brother Jetty, <laughs> we'd throw on this American accent and have a laugh. And, yeah. and that's, that, that's that inner boy, you know, just yeah. coming out. It's in there. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, let's actually use that as another pivot point to yeah. speak about this, the, the warrior side of masculinity, because that's, yep. yep. that's initially what drew you guys out here mm. was this event, the Call of the Warrior event, which was amazing. Yep. And one of the teachings that came through during the day, yep. when in the afternoon, when, when you guys were teaching us the haka and, and some of the intricacies of it, yep. I, you, you referenced how easy it is to get into that serious space, but injecting a laugh and injecting humor. I think it was Leon, actually, who brought in that reference. It definitely would have been him. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely the, the coyote that brings that, that yeah. laughter in at, when it's needed. Mm. But the, to, the reminder that warriors also have a time to laugh. You know, it's, laughter is a part of that warrior archetype. I think it was him that used that reference from 300 when they're getting arrows shot at them and the guys just start cracking out laughing. And the guy's like, what are you laughing at? And he's like, don't you think it's funny? And even to have a laugh when you're taking heaps of arrows coming flying at you and you don't know if you're going to live or die. That's like life. That's what my life is like right now. Man, I'm taking heaps of arrows everywhere. You know, spears, things flying mm. at me, curveballs. I don't know if I'm going to live or die. Mm. But if you can't laugh in it, then it takes all the joy out of the experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a time for everything. There's a massive time to laugh. Mm -hmm. Hey, sometimes it's just laughing at yourself. You're like, <laughs> look at the position I'm in. <laughs> it's taking away that, that must be something happening on a physiological level because... Mm takes away the the stresses of uh, the internal stresses with yeah. a smile yeah 
So what, what I, just to flow on from that, I'll share with beautiful people out there a technique that I learned. If, you, if you're ever in a stressful situation, say a meeting or mm. something important, grab a pen and put it in your mouth. Hmm. Sideways. Yeah, just like you're like biting on like a wooden spoon or something. Yeah, or, yeah just to uh-huh. put it in there. Uh-huh. And by raising the muscles that smile, oh, wow. <laughs> it sends a message to your brain huh. to be happy. Interesting. And and um, mitigate some of the stress. Mitigate some of the stress. Wow, that's yeah. a cool one. Just so if you got you guys can't see what he's doing, but he's just put you know said put a pen in between your teeth and yeah. it kind of sh- shoots out your cheeks and it puts you kind of in a smiling position. Yeah, it mitigates Simple. a smile. Mm, so yeah. um, that's a cool technique. <laughs> Everyone knows when I go to a meeting, they see a, a pen in my mouth. They already know what's going on. They're like, oh, he's calming himself <laughs> down. Is, yeah, he's calming himself down. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was good to experience the contrast of laughter and mm-hmm. then being able to come back in because yeah. my experience of my own manhood and masculinity has yeah. been being able to identify what's needed of me in a moment. Do I need to be mm-hmm. the focused, disciplined warrior leader right now? Yeah. Or do I need to soften and lighten and lead from that space for whomever I'm with? Or do I need to just kind of sit back and appreciate what's what's present and what's here and this goes into some of the archetypal you know the the four archetypes of masculinity that we were talking about Mm. so being able to go in and out of these archetypes uh, sometimes when we're learning them and getting more familiar with them we we hone in on the ones where we're not strongest but remembering that it's i think of it as like a superhero and you put on different costumes for different moments it's like okay i need to be my funny guy right now because we need some humor here. It's way too heavy. Yep. And being able to capture that moment, taking the temperature of the room, of the space, mm. and say, ah, it's too serious right now. How about a good laugh? Yeah, about a joke right? outfit. Yeah. Right. Or people are joking around, kind of losing. Mm. It's like, hey, let's focus up. What are we here for? Yeah. What are we What are we doing? That's To me, that's real leadership. That's, that's mm. what I imagine in myself, being the protector and provider for my family and my community, yep. is being one who can recognize when something is needed and then answering and delivering with that. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful practice to be in Mm. just that simple context and framework for Mm. being able to, you know, identify, you know, take, take in your surroundings and the energies and then deliver with what is needed. At that time. At that time. At that time. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and a big part of it is striking out. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times that, especially with my wife, usually I'm striking out with her where it's, it's really serious and tense Mm -hmm. and I'll, insert a humor yeah. and it's the wrong humor <laughs> you can't get it right every time you can't get it right like, yeah. ah, i tried i yeah. tried you know so so yeah beautiful man mm. I, I think that's a really good point to to swim back into mm. yep haka yep for those of you guys who weren't at the call of the warrior event yet because we were just talking about some big plans we have for next year for those of you who weren't didn't get to experience that or have never learned how to haka from from someone who this is what they live and breathe. Jamie is is that mm-hmm. man. How many years have you spent learning and training the different facets of haka? Okay, I think it was around eight or nine. Ten at the late uh, earliest was sent over to a, a school, mm-hmm. a learning school of mm-hmm. weaponry. So it kind of started around there through the taiha, mm-hmm. which is for the beautiful people out there. It's like a traditional quarter staff. Looks like a spear, but it was never thrown. So at the age of eight, I was privileged enough to be part of the Mokoya Island Taiaha Wananga. So that's a school of uh, weaponry, and all the it pretty much started there. The beauty from there started from there. Then I progressed through to boarding school, and I was part of the Kapahaka group there, 
also learned uh, my basis of te reo Māori or the language mm. and then progressed through to once I left school, I was lucky enough to be part of a group by the name of Ngāti Rangi Wewehi. Now we performed at the highest level in uh, traditional Māori performing arts back in New Zealand. It's a massive competition and I was lucky enough to be part of that group and perform there on the, on the biggest stage back home. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about about my background and mm-hmm. basis of what I love. I'm pretty sure I was put on this earth to haka, mm-hmm. to bring forth the, the, the medicine. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that saying, by the way. And to share through culture mm. and, and, and that essence. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's clear to me. I think it's clear to anyone who witnesses you in your element or, and gets to experience you. Yep. in your element that you're you're giving your gift you're giving your medicine in in how you do that just speaking learn understanding a little more about the training that was involved because it's not a common thing at least in american culture for mm. an eight nine ten year ten ten year old to be sent away from their family that yeah. that's almost completely backwards so what did that actually look like in terms of i mean you get sent sent off and yeah so we all got and it's just just boys and men there were some men as well boys okay. and men we get sent to an island so you've got to travel by boat to an island and you stay there for the whole week typically in the school holidays stay there for a week and you camp there there's no buildings or anything there. it's pretty raw mm. And the way you bath is in a hot pool. Mm. So it's amazing. You go for a swim, there's a hot pool. So you're there for a week and you you learn the art of Modako. So you start off with the basic movements and each day you start with the karakia or traditional prayer and you eat together on this massive rock. It's like a huge rock. So everyone eats on the rock, mm. connects in, goes through. And it's almost like a grading system. So you start as a junior and you progress through to a senior, but there's awards throughout the progress. So mm. junior champion, senior champion, and assistant tutor and tutor. So there's a progression. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's a, a weddle school. So it's a it's a challenge or a welcoming ceremony that we do mm-hmm. that, that they send out the strongest warrior to ascertain if the enemy comes in peace or, or for war. Mm. So they train, as, as you progress through the school, you get chosen for the Wero school when, when you're ready, and then you go through and you and you learn the art of Wero or, or the challenge mm. as wow. part of a, the welcoming ceremony. So that's huge. It's a huge honour to be chosen to be part of that Wero school. Mm. And um, for me, that was really a turning point in my journey through Māoridom, mm-hmm. learning what I do, what I know now. So that so at eight, nine, ten, you're going away for a week at a time. Yeah. One. How how often? Yeah, pretty much every school holiday. So I I went every school holidays for five years. Wow. Okay. So multiple times a year, you're going away yeah, for a week. Two, three times a year. Yeah. Four, five, five, six years, yeah. Wow. And so I'm just trying to remember mm. being eight, nine, ten years old. And <laughs> I did not want to go away from my parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I mean, maybe for a day or an overnight. I think mm. I was starting to go do overnights with my friends at their houses. Yeah. But to go away for a week. And not only to go away for a week, but to go somewhere completely foreign. Nowhere you've ever been before with just other men and other boys. And you're doing intense training all day long. Yeah. 
That's a lot for a, a child to take on. Yeah, and you're running with men. Like, you had to run around the island every morning mm. and up to the summit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're running through bush. Yeah. Trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're running through dense bush and, and to the summit. Mm. And you're running with men. Mm-hmm. So it really was. A, it's an initiation. It was, a, it, was initi- it was a really, really intimidating, but you had to, <laughs> once you got through it all, you know, it was really uplifted your spirit. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the, we speak a lot on, on the Rising Man podcast about mm. initiations yep. and, and rites of passage and how we don't give that to our boys, mm. not in the way that traditional cultures do and making ceremony and ritual out of it. Yeah, yeah. So what did that provide for you? Because here you are, uh, you know, traditional initiation yep. rites, and, and, and now you've found a life path connected to what you experienced. So what, what has that yeah. given you in your life? The, what comes up for me straight away is a grounding, mm. a grounding in who I am, where I'm from, and something to be proud of. Like I know who I am, I know my traditions, I know where I've come from, and through that process it really grounds you, grounds you in a sense of belonging, a true sense of belonging, yeah. Mm. What that makes me think of right away is... It doesn't, it doesn't protect you from having challenges in your life. Um, I, I know your story. I don't know how much you want to share of it, but you still went through a lot of challenges and, and mistakes and shadow, like dark stuff to yeah. become the man that you are today. So I think that there's still this mentality in the Western world that we want to do everything possible to protect our children from those challenges. Mm-hmm. And we... A lot of parents, especially parents like from my generation of parents, protected children as long as they could. And that's why we have young men who are really behaving like boys that they can't get out of their parents' house because they never had, they never experienced the hardships of life, which is really one of the pillars of initiation and rites of passage is preparing boys to be men. Mm. Not, not, you know, macho, I don't need mm. anybody, I can take on the world by myself type of men, mm. but just men that can withstand the rigors of life, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so true, yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't, didn't protect you from having your own hardships. Those, those got to come anyway. But yeah. would you say that the training that you received gave you some of that strength to persevere in those times? If anything, that was the only thing that really got me through. The grounding and at the darkest, darkest, darkest point of my suicide sort of part of when, when I wanted to commit suicide. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you that part. Mm-hmm. So it was a point where my relationship had broken down. I was going to come in over to Australia and I've got twins, my twins back home. So mm-hmm. I was about to leave that family unit, I decided to leave that family and it was too much for me through different circumstances, and I decided to, uh, I was going to take my life. Mm. So I sat in this car out in the, uh, in this, the lakes in Rotorua, and I, I lit a gas torch beside me, mm. and I was going to gas myself. So I lit it, so the carbon monoxide would just go to sleep, mm. and I lit it beside me, and I was, I was gone, I was done. I lit it, I lit it. And then for some reason, like I was, I just, I was just sat there waiting, waiting, waiting. For some reason, I, I looked around and there was all these trees around and the, and all I could hear was, no, don't do it, don't do it. Go for a swim, just go for a swim. 
just go for a swim. There was a little lake down below. Just go for a swim. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I opened the door and I ran down to the ran down to the water mm. and and I said this uh, karakia or prayer. And 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 I could feel them, feel my ancestors. They were happy that I didn't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. And just just the realness of of that story. And I think I think there's still so many of us that have had an experience. Maybe we didn't get to the point where we were right on the edge, but have been close to it. Mm. I'm starting to believe that mm. coming face to face with our mortality. Yeah. Whether it's having our mortality in our own hands or having a near-death experience is is part of that initiation into manhood. Uh, I know for me, there's one example I can remember where we really, to make a long story very short, I, w- I, I did a long hike with a, with a guy I had just met up to a mountain peak out in Colorado. Yeah. And it was during monsoon season where you had to get to the peak before noon. Mm. Otherwise, lightning storms come in <laughs> every day. Yeah. So we were delayed getting up there because my legs kept cramping, but we made it to the top and we looked over the ridge. There were just black clouds coming in, lightning bolts, just, you know, yard, like hundreds of yards away. And so it was the first time in my life where I felt, oh, I might not make it out of here. Running down the mountain, lightning crashing behind us. And, and so I didn't, I don't have the experience like, like you just shared with us, but I know for me, that was a turning point Mm -hmm. in my life where I realized my life could have just ended there. Mm. You know, there's, if circumstances went a different way, I, I could have gone. And there's other ones where I was in an accident where a drunk driver hit me. Moments like that, mm. that just made my my impermanence of my life more real. So I'm starting to think that it's part of stepping into that space of, of manhood and recognizing Ooh, that. Yeah. So I don't know how that is connected to this, clearly this, this epidemic we have of mm. boys, young men, who are choosing to take their life or trying to take their lives yeah, because yeah. there's there's something there. I don't know if you could expand on that or have your own thoughts about that. About, oh, I, I think it comes down to like there's, they think there's no other option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's things that are, in their eyes, they see that it's that bad. But it just needs, I don't know, it just needs one, that one, that one little glimmer of hope or so, or someone just saying one word that could change that course. Right. So I think when we come across people that maybe you know, mm-hmm. friends or that you know could be in that dark place, mm-hmm. that we really treat that space with respect mm-hmm. because that one word could change that course of that person's life. Right. So love on them, love on whoever that is. And be really, really respectful of that one word or or action or that one piece of love that could change that course, right. that course of life, mm-hmm. and then they actually choose not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm suggesting to all those beautiful people out there and anywhere that we be mindful of that and that we get into other people's lives, but we step into their lives. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard from that person for a while. Hey, just checking in. How are you? Get, but not just at the surface. Get scratch deeper. Mm-hmm. Get into their lives, because right. then after a while you'll know. Way before it gets anywhere near suicide or anything, mm-hmm. that you can you can stamp it out or address any issues that as they arise as they rise, man. Yeah, as yeah. they arise, you know you can deal with it. 
I think that's really important at this stage in, in our in our development as humanity mm-hmm. and as as a collective consciousness. Yeah, I, I agree. I often speak about it from societal terms. We have yeah. a culture yeah. of distancing ourselves from mm. that. Maybe that darkness yeah. is what a lot of people would call it. The darkness of mm. the depths of depression. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a dark and scary place to be. Yeah. You know, if anyone who's experienced that, you know, it's, it's, it's dark. And a lot of folks don't want to go there. Maybe you've been there before and you don't want to go back there by being yeah. present with somebody, mm. you know, or you're scared of it because of what you've seen on TV or what you've Mm. been led to believe about depression and suicidal thoughts. And Mm. especially uh, my biggest gripe comes with news and media and how when when deeply depressed folks take their lives, take other people's lives, Have an, have an outburst of that expression that's been lurking beneath the surface but hasn't mm. happened, how quickly we, we demonize that individual. Mm. You know, we, we make them the problem and we distance ourselves from the problem. We don't take responsibility for it. And to me, that's part of my definition of manhood mm. is taking responsibility for all of it. <clears throat> so if we really want to be men or just adults, you know, women included, mm. then we take responsibility for all of it. So I mm. take responsibility for all of the men who, who make those choices. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't excuse them from their choices. They get to take responsibility for that too. Mm. But if we're all taking responsibility for that, then we can be in a different conversation. How do yeah. we yeah. do better mm. versus how, 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 do, how do we either punish this person or make them better? You know, like, like they're them. the sick person yeah. Like, yeah. And, and the rest of us don't have anything to do with it. Mm. Yeah. So this this actually goes into that conversation we we started about toxic masculinity. Yeah, and we were doing yeah. the podcast on your show, yep. and I know that you you asked me about toxic masculinity, and I gave you my perspective. So let me ask you: toxic masculinity. Where does it land for you right now? What do you how do you feel about this this word, this phrasing that's been brought into our conversation? Yeah. So my brother, I had a thought on that, mm-hmm. but it's somewhat twisted now. So I'll talk a little bit about what I did think about it. Mm-hmm. And what, how that conversations um, come about. Mm-hmm. So, what I deciphered in my in the journey through researching toxic masculinity and that was, I thought that it was an it's a action or perspective or a compensation to account for a perceived weakness. Mm. So that person, person A, didn't want to be be perceived weak. So they overcompensate mm. in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I kind of sort of navigated through that. But that's been flipped on ahead now. <laughs> Just the whole, I love it, I love it, brother. That whole, the word toxic, mm. as, as, as you spoke of, it's a poison. It's mm. a, something that can poison you to kill you, go mm. on to kill you. And I really dug deep into, okay, we've got a millionaire. He's got a mistress and heaps of cars is that toxic masculinity? Is that can that kill you? No. Mm-hmm. So, from this point, or from when we had that conversation, I'm not even going to use that word mm-hmm. because, and I'm going to promote not using it because. Together, I think we can heal mm-hmm. the masculine, or promote promote and develop a new masculinity mm-hmm. in a new space. So, mm. let's put the toxic toxicity to the side mm-hmm. and not give it energy. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why feed into that? 
Yeah. Why, why feed into something that creates more separation? There's plenty yeah. of separation amongst us. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, we live in boxes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's enough yeah. separation. You know, we're mm. putting up walls in between countries. You know, there's plenty of that. Mm. So if we're starting to create separation with our words, then I think we're really dooming ourselves. Exactly. And we're dooming these individuals that we're labeling as toxic. So mm. anybody out there who's going to call a guy who's going outside of his marriage or cheating on his wife or hitting mm. his kid, whatever you want to label as the toxic masculine you're you're pushing that person away instead of inviting them in so if you if you even think of the metaphor of the fire right and having a circle around a fire it's what our peoples have done for millennia since Mm. the beginning of humans since the beginning of Mm. humans who found fire so you can push someone further into the darkness away from the fire where it's cold where it's lonely where it's uncomfortable or you welcome them into it and or or push them closer to it Mm. so that that fire can start to heal and cleanse and that's the perspective that I have about it. It, bo- it bothers me so much when people try to create more separation with our language. Mm-hmm. I understand the function of it. At least I believe I understand the function mm-hmm. of it is to, is to identify and bring awareness to these behaviors that our society doesn't want. Yeah. Good. Let's let, let's let people know, especially, especially mm-hmm. when we listen to our women with the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Let us know what's not working. Mm-hmm. Let us know where we can heal and yeah. improve how we're how we're showing up as men for our, for our women for mm. our, for our men for our, for our families, but let's not chastise. Let's not mm. let's not crack the whip. You know, we'll bring push down away the from hammer. The file. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Because mm. there's because we can do better. Absolutely. We can do better than that. Mm. And I think it actually perpetuates more of what we don't want. Because I imagine I've never been or wanted to grab a gun and shoot a bunch of people. But I imagine the young men or boys who choose to do that have been pushed too far from the fire. Mm. And now they want to come back and make everybody feel the pain of, of, the, of the darkness of being on the outside. Not even, you probably can't even see the fire that far yeah. away from it. You That's know? how far you've gotten from it. Yeah, that disconnect, yeah. huge disconnect yeah. to, I, to be I, that space. I yeah. don't think people, I don't think humans are born wanting to do things like that. It's, it has to be related to upbringing culture experiences traumas and if uh, it's one thing to look at these boys and young men who are doing these things we've already spoken about Mm -hmm. but another one to look at our elderly how are we pushing Mm -hmm. our elderly farther from if there's Mm -hmm. anyone who should be brought into the fire it's our elders elders yeah to listen to their stories Mm -hmm. but let's just put granny in a nursing home and visit her on christmas you know it's it breaks my heart you know, yeah. the, the other part of my life where I'm a physiotherapist and I, yeah. and I go and I visit people in these homes, sometimes I'm the brightest part of their week because they, oh, wow. they haven't seen their family. They, I, seen I, they see me more than they see their family. Oh, wow. And their, their, their grandchildren don't know their stories. Mm-hmm. So the, it's, again, it's, not, it's, it's to bring awareness to it so we can heal it instead of making people feel guilty about it. That's not my mm-hmm. intention. It's just, what are we doing to our elderly? Yeah. What are we doing to our children? What are we doing to people with, with legitimate mental illnesses like schizophrenia mm. and bipolar disorders, you know, things that have been given a category living on the streets here in Santa Barbara, you know, and we, and we want to distance ourselves from that. Mm. I think it speaks to who we are as a people and a culture if we don't want to, if we're not willing to get uncomfortable with the people who need mm. the support. So I, I, I'm going off here, man, because that's, that's, the, that's what I'm passionate about. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, what's your perspective on, on that? Well, again, it comes to, I think still that huge thing is, is, is the disconnect. 
and bringing people, like you said, bringing people together. I think as and as humanity, I think our innate nature is to connect and love. Mm-hmm. And we've got, in some instances, gone away from that through different different parts of history and time. But at at a, at a core essence, I think our innate nature is to connect and to love. We're communal beings. We're supposed to interact with our, with each other and 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 live together. And that when all these constructs of walls, like you spoke of, walls and divides, borders, countries, borders, it's a construct of dividing, divide and conquer almost. Mm. Where and we're going away from our innate nature to connect and to love. But I think there's an uprising, though. I do too. Like, I, and 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 I certainly feel, <laughs> I certainly feel a, a part of it, mm-hmm. and it's truly an honour to be alongside you in this. Mm-hmm. Shining the light, we're shining light. We're workers of the light. Mm-hmm. We're shining light on those. Let's shine. Let's all get grouped together and shine light on those dark places. Mm-hmm. Let's let's shine. Okay, let's look at bring like bring people to the fire, mm-hmm. and talk what's going on for you. Bring don't like you say chastise them or. Push them away from and but more further into the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's not connecting. That's not loving. Mm-hmm. Let's embrace our innate nature to be communal and commune, mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. and love from the heart. Mm. Yeah, and and remember what it is like to be in those dark places. Because oh yeah, I I'll say from my own experience. Yeah. Finding my way out of the darkness, there was a time in my life where I was like, I never want to go back there. Before I before I went out and did my vision quest, I was I, w- I was always the guy who was optimism, bright and sunny. Mm-hmm. Let's smile. Life is great. We are one. You know, speaking to that, which is which I think is a beautiful mm-hmm. context for life. Yep. But I wasn't willing to go into the darkness again because mm-hmm. I had just begun to find my way out of it. So it's like upane, upane, right? Climbing out of that darkness to towards the sun. I didn't want to look back down into the pit. Mm. But after going on my vision quest, the, the biggest message for me was get comfortable in the darkness. In Ooh, fact, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I I was vi- I was visited by messengers of the night that said you need to come spend time in the night because that's where the, that's where the healing needs to happen. And wow. so using that metaphor of crawling out of the hole mm-hmm. f- towards the light got to remember to look back down and see who's who else was down there with us who yeah, still who still can't see the light who's still trying to find their way yeah. out I, I didn't want to look back because I was afraid that it was going to bring me back that I wouldn't be able to stand in my own yeah. light and still reach a hand down for someone in the darkness yeah but once I realized that that's what was being asked of me in this life mm-hmm. was to be sh- strong and sturdy enough in my life and, and to get also support where I needed it so I didn't slip back into my darkness mm. and get lost there again. Yeah, because you can't you can't pull someone out of the darkness if you're still stuck there yourself, right? Yeah. So learning that I can I can hold my ground here and I, yeah. I can get with the support that I need and and still reach my hand back for a brother, a sister, somebody who's stuck in that place, and not, instead of just like I don't want to risk being pulled back down into it. Mm. That's what really gave my life meaning and purpose. Yeah, you know, being able to be of support to people and going through that time. Mm. So it it it's it's amazing how these teachings and these med- like no we nobody makes it to adulthood without going through some darkness. So if you're gonna push somebody else away just because they're in their darkness, try to remember what it was like to be in there yourself. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I had to do for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and the whole the whole service to others, service not serve to self, service to others. That grow you grow as a person by helping others and and the collective as a whole. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. So we become this one family and circling all the way back to where we started the conversation about cultures and exchange and the being able to witness you guys bringing Maori culture here and exchanging it with Tongva and exchanging mm. it with Mexica and, mm. and native peoples of this land. Yeah. Uh, it, it gave me this visual of, uh, so you know the, 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 some of the original creation stories of how we mm. were one big landmass. Yep. I think Pangea is what, they, what the scientists call it. Yep. And then, you know, tectonic plates have broken apart the landmasses and, yep. and scattered us about. It's like now that we have the technology where mm. we can find each other again, mm. we're starting these exchanges of cultures. Mm. And, and in a way of uniting the people again, who yeah. who were all one on this one, you know, chunk of land, and mm. then and then had to you know had to find each other again, wherever we originated, whatever the creation story is, you believe, mm. it all goes back to an original people yes, that have been yeah. scattered about. And so I, I really believe that this is an indication of a time where we're mending those mm. those bridges again you know we're weaving them back together and maybe we maybe we can't pull the continents back together again physically mm. but we're doing so by by bringing our our stories and our teachings and our wisdoms and exchanging them in, in a respectful way yeah and, and even on a deeper level brother we spoke a little little bit about connection before but essentially even on a on a, on a physiological level at a molecular level, we're all connected. So there's connected connection as people, but we're connected to the stars. There's some great work that scientists are doing, as well as shaman and, and, and other esoteric sciences mm-hmm. that prove we are connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we are connected in many, many ways, molecularly, spiritually, and in a few other ways. But really, if you look at it, if you hurt someone, actually hurting yourself yeah or if you're untoward or talking down to someone you're kind of bringing down the group average mm-hmm. because that person is connected to you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so would you do that to you ah oh, well i wouldn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm sure you wouldn't but the whole cordial sorry back to english the whole <laughs> talk or conversation around connection i think that needs to be shown promoted more as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that unity or that connection will unify us as one yeah as one so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still trying to develop my conversation around that mm-hmm. around connection but I, I more importantly I feel it I feel it inside when I when I see someone or I see yourself you kind of I feel like I'm looking at myself Mm-hmm. The first time I noticed that in a big way was when we did a huck, the Hucker Corroboree, mm-hmm. the one that you saw. Yeah. And we did this exchange with uh, Derek. We come out and there's thousands of people around us. And it was just me and him doing a sequence. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a widow challenge thingy, mm-hmm. standoffy, come in peace sort of thing mm-hmm. with weapons. Mm-hmm. And we stood and it was just stood still and we looked at each other. And I could see in his eyes and he could see in my eyes and the whole time stood still. And at that point, I thought I was like looking at myself, but not on a physical level, on an energetic level. Mm. It blew me away, and I wrote to heaps of people. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I got this feeling uh, in the sequence. Da, 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 da. 
and it blew me away and that really struck home to me that we're all connected mm. and on a multi-dimensional level but that's a whole nother podcast that one. it's a whole nother podcast well <laughs> before we start to wrap up I'll, yeah, I'll drop yeah. in something I was sharing with I think you were there when I was saying this to Crystal yeah, yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. about water and about how our ancestors your ancestors everyone who's listening mm. they drank water and then they moved through the world and they sweat and the sweat evaporated off their skin, went back into the clouds and got rained down somewhere. And, and this, you know, consumption of water and then releasing water back into the environment has happened. It happens with all living things. So if you want to feel connected to your ancestors, just think the next time you drink a glass of water, you're drinking water that passed through your ancestors at some point that was your ancestors at some point. In fact, you're related to that water because it is the ongoing mechanism that has united us. It's, it's water that's passed through the cells of your ancestors and you're drinking it. And then wow. it's passing through you. And then hopefully many years from now, your relatives will be drinking that water and thinking about you. Wow. So it's a way to feel connected, that's you know? Beautiful. And you, I mean, you can go really far into it if you want to really try mm. and just imagine how, what that is, the magnitude of that. But mm. just on a simple molecular level, like you said, every time you're drinking a glass of water, that's the same water that's been on this planet. As far as I know, yeah. there hasn't been like a, a drop off of water from another alien ship. <laughs> What's here is here. Exactly. What's here is here. And has been. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully will we'll, we'll be boy, boy, yeah. forever, for however long we have and connection. I like that, especially uh-huh. coming full circle back to where we started. Yeah. Beautiful conversation. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Connection to land, connected to each other. Each other. Essentially, it's the same. Yeah. Essentially, it's the same. The water. Oh, I love that. That was a beautiful one. Yeah. Can I take and run with that one? Oh, please do. Please do. Oh, I've yeah. got a couple more, but I'll share with you okay. <laughs> on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Beautiful, man. So, let's, you want to have a little fun? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you some wrap-up questions. Ooh, ooh, really, ooh. really quick ones. Yep, but yep, cool. I want you to answer in American accent. Okay, Matua. All right. All right. And, and all right. I'll ask you in my best Australian accent so that, <laughs> so that you're not alone here. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay, Matua. <laughs> oh, Are you yeah. ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is one thing you've learned that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old? One thing... I wish I'd learned when I was 18 years old how to use a condom, man. <laughs> oh, my God. They didn't teach you that back in school, eh? No, man. That was like, nah, we don't need one of those. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to the next one then. Okay. 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 What do you think is the most important value to have as a man? <laughs> wow. Thank you for your question, Matua. <laughs> the most important value as a man? That's right. That was more Texan. That was more Texan. That, that was more Texan. <laughs> no, I don't know. What was that? Respect. I Respect for yourself. Respect, respect for others. <laughs> a lot like your American accent <laughs> but I think you and Leon need to work on it a little bit more uh, uh, work in progress work in progress we gotta bring you back next year to sharpen it up yeah, yeah. copy that, that. <laughs> oh alright man oh my God. last but not least and you can answer in however you want to speak awesome. Awesome. Man. Um, where can the good people out there come to find you follow you support you on your journey on your mission social medias you know websites whatever you want to share awesome Thank you, my brother, for mm-hmm. sharing the love. 
So I've got my Facebook page, Jamie Schuster. Feel free to jump on there. Check us out. Also the Hucker for Life website and the Facebook page, Hucker for Life. And also my Instagram, lifeforce underscore fit. Mm-hmm. Come and check it out. Check it out. That's where I track all my stuff there as well. So much love. All you beautiful people out there. And your YouTube channel. And my YouTube yeah, channel, yeah. yes. Talk about so, the bro movement. Yeah, so the bro movement, the bro movement. So at, this, at the moment, it's in my name, Jamie Schuster. But I've just got some uh, technical stuff to do. So it'll be under bro movement. Beautiful. A brotherhood in conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's promoting men's health and wellness through conversation. Mm-hmm. As you know, through suicide and, and certain anxieties and depression, silence is a big killer. Mm-hmm. So I'm promoting conversation amongst brothers. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah, and we just did a, uh, an exchange on that, mm. too. So if you want to see our video, just recorded in the backyard a few days ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can go check that out. And, and truly, if you guys want to experience more of this, man, definitely go check out his YouTube channel and all that he's doing because you, man, are one of those guys who walks the talk and you, and you, you do what you say you will do. And that's a very important value and quality to have as a man, I believe. So thank you, brother. Thank you again for sharing all of your wisdom, for taking the time to sit down and have this actual exchange face to face. I like this. I think I'm going to have to do this some more. This is cool. This is <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Get a video up and yeah, yeah. even just, I love the, the sitting on the ground and it's grounding. Oh, it's good. So much, good. so much there, so much there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So first time. First time we've done it like this. Well, I, I did this with Carrie on, on our episode, but yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. you know, this is uh, 2.0. So 2.0. thank yeah, you yeah. for being a pioneer in that, brother. And, and, you know, safe travels back to your home thank and you, blessings brother. to your family. And, and I love you, bro. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for shining the light, brother. Mm. Being a sentinel of the light. Mm. Much love. Honor. As you can tell, this man is one of the most genuine one of the most real, one of the most authentic people that I've ever met. And from the moment that we we met, dropping straight in, locking straight in, he is a man who wants nothing more than to be of service and help people. And I trust that that came through in what he says because it comes through in everything that he's ever said to me. What I really loved about this conversation was just being able to dialogue with Jamie, truly about so many really important topics that are near and dear to my heart, both of our hearts, speaking about culture. And and I really believe that by honoring and revering indigenous wisdom, that there is a great possibility for healing that happens, that occurs when there's that honoring in place. There's a lot of beautiful wisdom that indigenous cultures have to share. And because of how these peoples have been treated historically, there is a natural hesitance to sharing. And when we walk in honor and we walk in reverence of one another, then the exchange of culture, the exchange of information, the exchange of medicine for each other is is not only possible, but it becomes the way. It's so joyful to see people sharing their culture with each other, whether it's indigenous or more, more modern culture, sharing in culture and celebrating life together is truly what will unite us as a people that will make all of the problems that we're facing as a as a global society because we truly are a global society all those problems become irrelevant 
we find the solutions for those when we're working together. And so much of what Jamie said about his life, his upbringing, his training, being prepared as a young boy to be a man and to endure the challenges of his life, there's just so much, so much good stuff in here. I'm gonna go back and give this episode another listen because I learned so much from this man. So make sure you go out and support my brother Jamie. He's doing some amazing things in the world. We're getting our, our next Call of the Warrior events dialed in and loaded. So all y'all who missed it, make sure you don't miss this next one. Trust me, trust me. It has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I know every man involved had something similar to say about it. So be on the lookout for more Call of the Warrior stuff coming your way. And in the meantime, sign up for our Rising Man Fire Circles by going to patreon.com slash rising man. I'm telling you guys, if you've wanted to get the juice that made the difference in my life, that allowed me to become the man that I am today, then jump in right now because the heat inside the fire circles is about to get turned up we're already by the time you hear this we're already going to be implementing a lot of these new changes and new practices that we're going to bring into the space so if you want some of what i've experienced and what i've learned from my men's circles then make sure you sign up right away get yourself involved and we'll get you started as always check out the show notes for links and resources for this episode and every other episode at the risingmanpodcast.com my man julian has been so rock steady for a year now my rising man power team has been hooking it up for a year we've been working together and julian has been rock steady so julian bro i really appreciate you man thank you for being so consistent so reliable so dependable i love you my brother he's the one who's putting all those show notes out there for you guys and he's the one who makes sure these episodes get up there so hit julian up with some love next time you see him send him a message julian subic say i love you man thank you for helping out with the rising man <laughs> also please support us support the rising man podcast by hitting that subscribe button hitting that follow button throwing some hearts throwing some likes throwing some ratings at us wherever you're listening to us however they allow you to show your support and your appreciation for the rising man please do so because it really helps us to climb the charts to become the message that is loudest in this world where there are so many amazing messages out there. Help us make The Rising Man one of the loudest by leaving those reviews, subscribing, following, sharing The Rising Man with a man in your life who needs to hear it. All right. And along with that, please check out our Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. I've seen a lot more of you guys have been following us and liking what we do. Thank you so much for doing that. Please keep showering some love on our Instagram because my man Rowan Tyne has been hooking it up hard body on the Instagram page for, again, a year now. I really appreciate everything that this man is doing. Another one of those guys who's rock steady. And speaking of rock steady, fellas, rounding out the rest of my power team, Sean Offenbach, who's been masterminding and engineering every one of these episodes, making them sound so good even when my voice is froggy and i'm recording at like 12 o'clock midnight and my man mark rose who's been around for the past year as well and who is helping to tend and steward the fire circles now we've come a long way fellas come a long way and i appreciate you guys so much all right for the rest of y'all out there i'm going to sign off right now and tell you from the bottom of my heart how much i appreciate each and every one of you truly i really do I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I didn't have people out there who are willing to receive what I have to say. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.